Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you're producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have Whitney Johnson on. Whitney is the author of an amazing book that I have right here called Smart Growth and also the CEO of Disruption Advisors. We will hear more on this episode about uh, the book and really about Whitney's journey, which is so incredible. She is a member of the incredible group Thinkers 50, a 2020 top voice on LinkedIn as well. And she is the host of the popular Disrupt Yourself podcast as well. And if that isn't enough, she is also the co-founder of the Disruptive Innovation Fund with the late 
Clayton Christensen. So I want to hear more about that as well. And like I said, we will be discussing her brand new book, which is so, so good. It's already a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller called Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. So welcome, Whitney. Thank you, Kara. And I have to say, I am the proud drinker of Hint Water. I love your water. Me too. It's so, so (laughs) yummy. And uh, especially when you're doing interviews and your uh, throat gets a little dry, it's definitely, it's nice to have one here. So, so first of all, the book, congrats. Really, really excited. Whitney and I have known each other for a while. So I feel like it's an opportunity to talk to an old friend. So I'm, I'm really, really thrilled to have her here. So let's talk about your incredible journey first. Talk to me a bit about like the highlights in your career. Where did you come from? What, you know, how, how did we get Whitney today? Right. All right. So I, I actually um, started as a music major. I graduated in music from college mm-hmm. and uh, had gotten married and made my way to New York with my husband who was getting his PhD in, um, at Columbia in microbiology. And we needed food on the table. And so I was the designated go put food on the table person started as a secretary working for a a stock broker and discovered this whole world of Wall Street because I had grown up in California. I didn't know what Wall Street was. And I saw all these young men across, sitting across from me in this bullpen trying to open up stock accounts. And as I watched them and they were saying things like, throw down your pom-poms and get in the game. And I was offended because I was a cheerleader in high school. I needed to throw down my pom-poms. And so I started taking business courses at night, accounting, finance, economics, and had a boss who believed in me, which allowed me to move from being a secretary to a banker. Would not have known to call it this then, but that was the beginning of me disrupting myself. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. I then moved from investment banking to equity research. I was an institutional investor ranked analyst for eight years. So I was picking stocks. And while I was doing that, I discovered two things. Number one is that I liked thinking about the momentum of people more than I did of stocks. Hmm. I also discovered disruptive innovation, Clayton Christensen, his work. It helped me understand what was going on in the emerging markets as I was picking stocks of, oh, this is what's going on. Wireless is disrupting wireline very interesting explanatory mechanism. And then realized, oh, if I really want to get to where I want to get to in my career, maybe I need to disrupt myself. And so that was another big aha. So I had more interested in people than stocks. Disruption applies to people, not just products. And so eventually left Wall Street, co-founded the Disruptive Innovation Fund with Clayton, did that for about five years. And then in 2012, I had this decision that I really wanted to chase down these ideas. And so I sold my stake and started to um, focus on building out this intellectual property around personal disruption and the S-curve of learning, which I can talk about in just a minute, Mm -hmm. but really focusing on growing people to grow your company. And so now I have a tech-enabled talent development company where we help people figure out where they are in their growth. And then we wrap coaching and consulting around it. So that I started as a music major, and now I run my own business. That's incredible. Uh, So 
before we jump into the mm-hmm. highlights of the book, I want to hear. So you touched on you ended up uh, selling your share, but you were doing the disruptive innovation fund. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with the late Clayton Christensen. So what yeah. did you learn from, from yeah. that? What was it, first of all? How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. 
I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Yeah. So what had happened is I had, when I, when I left Wall Street as an equity analyst, I had, I knew Clayton's work. I was working with him on a number of volunteer projects and he wanted to start this fund because people were saying to him, why don't you put on a trade of going long Netflix and short Blockbuster? And it was working. And Mm -hmm. so he thought, Maybe I should start a fund investing in disruption. And so he wanted to do this. He had a son who, Matt, who now runs the fund. He was just graduating from business school, but neither of them had worked on Wall Street. And mm-hmm. so he asked me to join them as a co-founder. It was interesting in the sense of it, we had a barbell approach. On the one hand, we were invested in publicly traded securities like Netflix, like Salesforce, um, like Intuitive Surgical, but we also had a venture arm as well, where we were investing in things like coupang. So unusual in that it was a hybrid of both venture and publicly traded securities. So that's what we did. And um, and like I said, today, his son um, is the managing member and, and continues to run the fund. So interesting. Wow. It's, a, it's such a great experience. I, I think it's so fun when I talk to people about their journey, because Again, you started out, I started out as an executive assistant as well, and you just kind of grew. I mean, you nobody would have ever sort of predicted that you would have been doing, uh, you know, equity analysts, you were definitely co-founder of the fund. I mean, all of those things like are just incredible. And then where you are today, not only starting your own business, but also author of books. And uh, I know you've also run incredible conferences too, where you bring just Mm -hmm. great thoughts. And I I remember uh, the one that I spoke at, I walked away just really like holding on to my head because it just had... I felt like so many ideas. I I mean, you you really know how to get people thinking and growing more than anything. So I really love that about you. So that's what we need more of. We need more Whitney's in the world. Um, So thank you. Well, I I have to I have to just toss the ball back to you for a nanosecond because one thing that I loved and and you told the story when you came on my podcast was the story when you went to New York and how you applied for a job and you just showed up and said, 
hey, the CEO told me to come call him and and you did. And I just admire that moxie so much. And so um, just mutual admiration society. Thank you. Well, that's really, really nice. So, okay. So the book, so, mm-hmm. so good. I'm not kidding. It's uh, definitely something that whether you are trying to grow yourself or trying to grow mm-hmm. your team, uh, I think I kept thinking, does this apply just to larger teams? No, uh, smaller teams. I mean, it really is, is uh, you know, kind of a playbook, uh, how I thought about it. So really, really great. So you suggest that 2022 will be a year of tremendous growth in the mm-hmm. workplace and that everyone is talking about the great resignation, uh, would be better called the great aspiration. Talk to me a little bit about your thinking there. Yeah. So psychologists have found that periods of of trauma and severe stress are like a pandemic, are often followed by tremendous growth, and they call it post-traumatic growth. And so when I look at what has happened over the past couple of years is we've all been through this very harrowing experience. And in the process of dealing with the pandemic, we have discovered that we're more resilient than we thought. We've developed all sorts of capabilities that we never thought we would develop. And so as we're coming out of the pandemic, this notion that after going through this difficult experience, people are giving up, they're resigning, they're quitting, doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are quitting their jobs, but that's not the motivation. It's not we're giving up. There's some of that, but I would say in general, it's people saying, I have seen that I'm capable of more than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. I have seen that I want a different life for myself, for the people I love. They're aspiring to more. And so if as business leaders, we could reframe this and say, people are aspiring to more and I'm going to help them achieve what they want to achieve, to achieve their potential by reframing this as the great aspiration you would have the tools and the mindset that you need in order to retain your people. Really powerful, right? And and I think that the problem is instead people are just trying to save their people, uh, yeah. right? It, it pay, it's not really about money either, I think, for people. I was just talking to somebody the, the other day who was thinking about uh, resigning, not because he's unhappy, but because he feels like, he could be doing more right. and at which I thought was really interesting. And, uh, he was trying to figure out how he could, uh, suggest like a flex time where he could, mm-hmm. you know, on the up and up really talk about some other stuff that he's really thinking about and exploring. So I, and I think more and more people are just trying to find great people. So right. I think that the world will also be shifting in the direction of, maybe two years ago, they wouldn't have even looked at doing mm-hmm. sort of different types of work. But I think today people are definitely trying to uh, keep workers and and great workers and find great workers. So um, really like the, it's in the, in the future employees' hands more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's exciting to think this worker that you're talking about, that he's, he's actually a great illustration of what we just described. He's not quitting. He's saying, I want more. So Mm -hmm. let me figure out how I'm going to structure that. 
Okay, so I totally believe that so many are rethinking uh, this right now and figuring out what what they think they need to grow. I think like that's mm-hmm. the thing that so many are still trying to kind of understand about themselves. But what is the first step? What what mm. would you say? I mean, you talk a lot about this in smart growth when you know you're really trying to audit your own life and and uh, excavating your shadow values. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about this? Yeah, absolutely. So so very simply, um, what I put forward in the book. Let me just back up quickly for people who might not be familiar with the S curve. Is the S curve of learning? Well, the S curve itself was developed by Rogers, he's a sociologist, mm-hmm. and lots of people familiar with product know it very well. My insight was that the, you could use this to help us understand how we learn and how we grow. And so ev- whenever you start something new, like you start a business, um, you start a new role, you start a new job, you're at the launch point of that S and, and growth is initially, it's happening, but it feels slow because everything is new and you're making lots of predictions and they're wrong. And so your dopamine drops. And so it feels like an absolute slog and you think, why did I decide to do this? But you also then know this is what the launch point is like. I'm tracing the emotional arc of growth. It's going to feel slow. Mm -hmm. So then you move into the sweet spot and the experience that people are having is, oh, I'm starting to figure it out. I'm feeling the sense of it's hard, but not too hard. It's easy, but not too easy. You feel exhilarated. All of your neurons are firing. And so you have this experience of growth is fast and it feels fast. So this is a C part of the S. And then you get to mastery where you figured everything out. You know exactly what you're doing, but you're no longer learning. You're no longer getting dopamine. And mm-hmm. so you're bored. And so that plateau can quickly become a precipice. So you've got the launch point, the sweet spot, and the mastery. And that growth cycle, once you understand what it is, you understand slow and then fast and slow is how you grow. It's very simple, very visual, and therefore useful. You can increase your capacity to grow because you know the experience that you're having throughout your growth. Now, to answer your question, launch point. When you're there, you've got to make a decision. I'm on this new S curve. Maybe I chose to be here. Maybe I'm stranded on this new S curve. I've got to decide, do I want to stay here or not? Mm -hmm. And so in trying to make that decision, you ask yourself questions like, do I believe that I can be successful here? And if I don't believe it yet, do I believe that I can believe that I can be successful? You ask yourself questions like, is this in sync with my identity? Is this in sync with my purpose, et cetera? And if all those questions are yes, then you probably will stay longer and start to collect data and ask yourself, can I be successful here? Now to your question about shadow values, one of the things you've got to figure out is you might say to yourself, I absolutely want to be on this curve, but you've got to now figure out what are you doing to help yourself move along that curve? And what are you doing to hinder yourself? So for example, I want to be a manager. I want to manage people. That's something that a lot of people want to do. How do you know what your shadow values are is if you say, I want to be a manager and you look at your day and you have 10 things that you want to get done today. And all 10 of those things on your list are all about tasks Mm -hmm. and not a single one of them is about the people on your team. You probably got a shadow value. The shadow value is telling you, well, yeah, I say people are important, but in fact, I have this 
value that says, if I'm not doing things, I'm not productive. And if I'm not productive, I'm not valuable. So I'm just going to prioritize tasks. Now that may be okay if you want to be an individual contributor, but if you actually want to be a manager, you've got to excavate and look at the gap between what you're saying is important and what you're actually doing. And then you start to course correct of saying, all right, I've been very effective, but if I want to be a manager, maybe on my task list, I need to have at least one or two things that's people related. Start to close that gap. That gives me the um, the momentum that will allow me to move into the sweet spot of the being the manager that I want to be. Interesting. So people spot, so name an example. Like how do you shift that when you're looking at your list uh, uh-huh. and you've got uh, and you've got tasks? No people. Yep. What is an example? Yeah. So one of the things that I will do, by the way, task oriented person standing, you know, raising her hand right now is I will say, I will do a couple of things. Number one is that when someone interrupts me, when I'm busy doing my tasks, I will add the fact that I spent 15 minutes talking to that person and put it on my list and add that I just did it so that I can get the dopamine hit of doing something that I have said is important and valuable. And I'm giving my credit, myself credit for doing it. Another thing that you you can do. And I do is I say to myself, all right, I'm going to make sure that today I have at least one conversation with a person on my team and ask them how they're doing. Do you feel like you're making progress in your role that you want to make? And just do a check-in with them on a, on a human basis, human basis, as opposed to a robot basis, have a check-in with them of what they're doing, what they're thinking, how they're doing so that I've added into my tasks that human interaction of checking in with my people so that I start to close that gap. Wow, that's that's amazing. And I think to some extent, people might even be doing more around people than they give themselves credit for. Oh, right? I like that. Yes, I think you're right. I think that that's, that, that is uh, something to kind of look at how much you value the people and kind of the the group that you're creating. Now, can what about if other people in your organization are not on the same page as you are in terms of mm. uh, you talked about getting you to that manager level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They don't believe that you can. I mean, what is your advice there? Yeah. So the way I think about this, Kara, is that when you want to do something new in your organization, whether it's a promotion or you want to move to a new role into another department, when you're making that call of, I want to jump to a new S curve. I want to disrupt myself and do something new. By definition, you are asking your current boss and potentially your future boss to also disrupt themselves, to also jump to a new S curve. And they're saying, I don't want to jump to a new S curve. I like the one I'm on with the people that I have. Why would I let you go do something else? Why would I take someone new on on my team? And so if you can think of it that way of what jobs are they trying to get done? And how do I pack a parachute for them so that when they jump off this S curve by hiring me or letting me go, um, it will feel safer to them. Hmm. Things like, here's why it's not just helpful for my career, but here's why it will be useful for you and your career and your team. And here's what I'll do to help you find a replacement. And here's why strategically this will be good for the business for me moving around. So Remember that when you want to do something new, you are asking the person across the table from you to also do something new. So how can you pack a parachute 
so it feels safer for them to do that. I love that. You have my my brain spinning now as you're talking about this. So it's such such great advice and and thoughts for sure, not only for you know, myself or kind of connecting the dots along the way um, that of my own journey and things that I've done, things that I haven't done, uh, for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it's fun to look back on that and thinking just overall about what I know about leadership. So and your book, like I said, is just absolutely incredible. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. One of the things that I love to talk about is it on on the show is is your journey. I only have incredible guests that I know have great stories or um you know allow themselves to be vulnerable about, you know, mm-hmm. hey, it wasn't always I wasn't life wasn't always perfect along the mm-hmm. way. So uh you've had an amazing career and you know not only can you look at your own career, but also you have an amazing experience in working with so many companies along the way. Can you share a story somewhere in your career where you faced a huge challenge and mm. you weren't sure that you were going to be able to get back up again or yeah. get out of the situation? What did you learn from that experience? Mm. Yeah, so so the 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 thought that comes to mind um is that after I left Wall Street, so I had now been an institutional investor ranked analyst for 8 years and I was very good at stock picking and probably a little bit full of myself and had become an entrepreneur and I I like investing in people. I like investing in their dreams. And I had a friend who I thought had a very good idea. She wanted to start a magazine. It was around organization. This is back 2008, where Mm -hmm. we still did magazines. And it was a good idea. And at one point, the circulation got to 100,000. It was very good. But here here was the problem. I was so excited about it and so impetuous in many ways of just wanting to move off the launch point of that S-curve as fast as I possibly can. And sometimes we can be impetuous. You need to stay at the launch point, explore, collect the data, make sure it makes sense, that I made some very critical errors. Number one is that I, um, even though we were putting in most of the money, we were backing this idea of this entrepreneur, um, I gave her control. So I put in most of the money, she kept control hmm. and I sort of steamrolled my husband into getting involved, even though he did not want to. Hmm. So what are the lessons that I learned? One is we lost a lot of money that mm-hmm. really, really hampered us financially for a number of years. Hmm. The second thing that I learned is that my husband, um, he is my most important truth teller. He loves me. He will support me. And when he disagrees with me, I need to listen. It doesn't mean I won't, I'll do exactly what he says, but it means I need to consider it and not just, I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so those were very important. Oh, and then the third thing I learned is that when you have a business deal, you have a contract that you've done at the outset, and you're very, very careful about putting in guardrails because you don't know, you think when you first right. start, everything will be wonderful and exciting. But sadder and wiser grow later. It wasn't wonderful and it wasn't exciting. And it so happened that this entrepreneur's partner was a lawyer. So that was a problem too, because they could just keep papering thing and there was nothing that we could do. So I learned the importance of 
staying on the launch point longer, collecting your data, um, making sure that when your truth tellers talk, you listen and you consider it. And number three, when you go into a business transaction, no matter how well-meaning everybody is at the outset, it is very, very important that you must do the tough work of having the conversation of what this is going to look like and then put it on paper and so that so that all parties are protected. Yeah, no, that's, I couldn't agree more. I also <laughs> uh, have counseled many entrepreneurs too, that sometimes when you're putting your company together, um, having uh, actually a whole different firm, a whole different attorney mm -hmm. look at this from you as an individual perspective and what right. risk is there? Because so often you're doing things like setting up an LLC or whatever for the company, but they're not really looking at sort of the situation and the risk, you know, if right. things do go bad or something mm -hmm. happens along the way. Yeah. And I, I would say that I'd say probably 90, over 90% of entrepreneurs that I talk to never have even thought about right. having, you know, a separate attorney really looking out for you. It mm -hmm. seems obvious, but definitely but it's not. no, right? It's because not. you're in your the throes, and it's so exciting. And so here, here's the 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 lesson applied is that in my current business, Disruption Advisors, I have a business partner. Mm -hmm. We worked together probably for three to four years, just as sort of on a contractor basis testing, making sure we could work together. And once we were ready to become partners, we spent a year and a half on the contract hmm. because it allowed us, and it wasn't, it, it was amicable, but it allowed us to do that back and forth and have those conversations and really be thoughtful about what that agreement would look like. Um, because Smart. as you know, well, partly because you're married to, to your business partner, but it's easier to get a marital divorce than it is a partnership divorce. Yeah. So it's important to do that work up front. And now we've got a great partnership, but we did the work up front. I love that. Uh, that is, uh, no, so such important lessons there. So great. So mm -hmm. where do people find out more about you? And, and uh, I know you do a lot of writing for mm. uh, Harvard Business Review, and I've seen many others out there as yeah. well. But and then obviously the book, um, Amazon, uh, on your yeah. website, etc. Yeah. So what I would say, Kara, that'd be really fun is to put in the show notes, the article on Harvard Business Review that came out this month, because yes. it's got a little feature with with you and uh, you I would in love it. to. Um, and so uh, another place is I have the Disrupt Yourself podcast, which you have been on twice. And also you can order Smart Growth anywhere books are sold, whether it's on Amazon or your local bookstore. I love it. That's terrific. And thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Please subscribe to the Kara Golden Show uh, and definitely so you can not miss out on amazing guests like Whitney, and you can hear so many stories, lessons. Um, I mean, this has just been a an, an incredible episode for sure, Whitney. So thank you so much for coming on. And definitely everybody give five stars. Those help a lot in the they algorithms at, for sure. And find me on all social platforms as well at Kara Golden with an I. And don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, if you haven't had a chance to read it. It's also on Audible. 
And we are here every Monday and Wednesday. So thanks everyone for listening and have a great week and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.